Powered through the Alaska Airline Studios. This is Bump and Stacy on Seattle Sports. Streaming through the Seattle Sports app. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Ross. Here we go now. Wrapping up the hour with what I need to know, but you can get your questions in now. Any question to the Mac and Jack's text line, 866-979-3776. Right now, we're heading to the station for Hype Train. Here we go. Uh, All right, we've been talking a lot about the Senior Bowl, a little bit about the draft, um, and quite a bit about Patrick Mahomes. Uh, So those are kind of dominating Hype Train today. We'll get started with back-to-back draft ones. The Chicago Bears have the number one overall pick thanks to their trade this past season with the Panthers, who had the league's worst record. Sorry, Panthers, you don't get to take a shot at number one. Instead, it's Chicago. They have Justin Fields as their starting quarterback, but will they take someone else? Your first type train is that they will. The Bears will select Caleb Williams first overall. The Bears. So now I got to put on um, my thinking cap. I wear caps every day, if you haven't noticed. You do. Stacey. Yep. Um, and, and think about and this. that's whole, no cap. And that's no cap. Curtis, your dad no, jokes the past it, couple of weeks. It's Second really, to none. I, Second to none. Let's Brenna, not applaud give this, this man some love. Let's not applaud Matt this. Nelson is dying of laughter right now. <laughs> He's not even a dad. He gets it. He gets it, Stacey. Um, <laughs> this is what's going to happen. The Bears are not going to go with Caleb Williams. Something's going to happen to where either commanders move up to number one or the Bears just go, you know what? Caleb don't want to play for us. He wants to play for the commanders. Caleb is going to do what Eli Manning did to the Chargers and force his way out of there. First off, Eli Manning, you could have lived in San Diego. You went to New York. You didn't win two Super Bowls and you beat the GOAT twice. So because of Eli Manning, I'm going to say the Bears are not going to take Caleb Williams overall. Cliff Kingsbury's in Washington. He He's going to D.C. Not on it. The hype train is the Bears will take Caleb Williams first overall bump. Not boarding. A surprise move. Curtis, are you? I think the Bears do take Caleb Williams first overall. So I'm going to board. And then I think not only do they take him first overall, but I think they have what the ninth overall pick as well. I think they go wide receiver with that pick. I saw, I think, I think I've seen Roma Dunze picked in that spot. Imagine Caleb Williams throwing a DJ Moore and Roma Dunze. That's a, not a bad, uh, not a bad start to your NFL career. Yeah, I think Caleb Williams is a Chicago Bear. I come round one of the NFL draft. I'm boarding this one as well. I think it's one of those things where like. I want to think that the Bears will surprise everyone. I mean, they traded out of the first overall pick last time. We all thought they'd take Jalen. They didn't need a quarterback, so they didn't stick with it. But I think that they bump keeps shaking his head. I think they go <laughs> Caleb Williams. It's such a unanimous decision for so many people. He's been ex- projected to be the number one pick for so long. I just I think that's what they do. Now, maybe they surprise the whole world and like trade back to number two and then they take Drake May. I don't know. It's something like really weird happens. It's really fun and exciting, but. I think it's like an imagine having a, a couple of swings at the number one overall pick and back to back, back to back, and years. trading out of that. That seems ridiculous. And it only works if Justin Fields works because that's why you traded yeah. out last time. You were like, "Well, I don't need Bryce Young, and I don't need CJ Stroud." Could have had yeah. CJ Stroud. Yeah, you could have had CJ Stroud. Uh, but I mean, the, the thing Panthers is, could have had CJ Stroud. The thing that's that's an yes. example right there. Just yes. how people just. The narratives gets out gets out there, and you got to go with Bryce yep. Young at number one. When really good point. Even I thought that CJ was the better yep. quarterback. Really good point. Uh, next one in here. This one inspired by Michael Bumpus's take from our last segment. We were talking about Michael Penix Jr. This is not about Penix. It is about another first-round mocked quarterback, though. Michigan's J.J. McCarthy will be a first-round pick. 
JJ. Now, I like JJ. I like his game. I think um, he is a pro quarterback. It's crazy how many people hit up the text lines and say that JJ's not a pro type of quarterback. Um, I disagree. So I'm looking at this first round, man. And I'm looking at organizations that I feel could use a quarterback. We offer the Bears can, uh, the Commanders can, the New England Patriots can. Uh, but uh, I'm going to go out there and say, look, JJ, I'm going to go and see how quickly you change your mind. Yeah, it happens now, in real time right yeah, here. And I'm looking at the draft and, and the order or whatnot. And I go, there's no way all these teams are going to pass on JJ McCarthy. No. I look at it. I look at a team like the Los Angeles Rams and say, you got Matthew Stafford over there. If JJ is available at 19, you might want to do that. I look at the Pittsburgh Steelers at 20 and say, you might want to do that. So within 15 minutes, I've changed my mind. <laughs> all right bump is boarding this one jj mccarthy will be a first round pick he just does not see a number of these teams in the late teens and 20s passing on him uh curtis jj mccarthy will be a first round pick bump is boarding or you i have a hard time seeing it myself but i feel like there's a gm out there that is just going to convince themselves that yes, this guy is going to be a first round pick. JJ McCarthy has helped out in a big way by his name being a cool name. Like JJ okay. McCarthy, that sounds like a quarterback name. The problem is, I don't know if he's going to be a good quarterback. Uh, so I personally would not take him in the first round, but I do think he is going to be a first round pick. So that's why I'm boarding this train. JJ McCarthy. I what think other, it sounds what other like athlete an- do you think is helped out by their name? Holt McCoy. Yeah. <laughs> um, mm. Yeah. I mean, last name. Now we're back into the Nepo baby conversation. Mike Jackson. Yeah. yeah great, Sky Moore. Sky Moore's pretty average receiver, but great name. Great name. Great name. Two wise. Yeah. Like the vodka. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> He's got a brother named like Ciroc. <laughs> <laughs> Stop laughing why, at his job. Why Ciroc? Why Ciroc? Wow. Why Ciroc, Curtis? Curtis? I, don't know. Huh? I don't know, Bob. Huh? Wow. I don't know. <laughs> no Bellevue? And in February. No Bellevue. No Greg? Okay. Wow. <laughs> Greg Goose is two names. He can't just. Problematic. Yeah. His name's Greg. <laughs> I think JJ McCarthy's going to be a first round pick. Let's get to the next one here. <laughs> The Seattle Seahawks have a decision to make with their coaching staff. Quite a few, actually. We've heard Jay Harbaugh is going to be brought on as special teams coordinator. We've heard Ryan Grubb rumored to be the OC, as long as as well as a few other names. But there has no been OC, has been no OC hired yet. This is what happens when you wing it. Uh, the Seahawks will hire an OC by Thursday. By Thursday, you I'll, mean? I'll count end of day. You mean two days end from of now? Two days from day, now. Forty-eight Thursday. hours from now, we will have an OC in Seattle. No, I think it's going to happen during the weekend, so we can talk about it on the twelfth. Because you got to figure out what you're going to do with Geno Smith. So it has to be done quickly. It's going yeah. to happen here soon. But you know what? I think they're going to they're gonna hold out. They're going to add to this defensive staff. And then during the weekend, Mike flies over from Baltimore with the family. They get settled in in Medina somewhere, somewhere hot, right? Mm-hmm. Somewhere special. And then they say, okay, let's focus on the offensive staff. And we're going we're gonna to wait. So, uh, no, Friday? No. Okay. The Seahawks will have an OC by end of day Thursday. 48 hours from now, we're going to know who the Seahawks OC is. Bump says, no, nah, I don't think so. Curtis. I'm wondering if the Seahawks are waiting for after the Super Bowl because maybe they have somebody in mind that's on KC's or San Francisco's staff. Like that. I think I had seen a Kansas City assistant kind of be named. I think his last name's like Cullen or something. Uh, maybe that's what Edward. the Seahawks are waiting for. Yeah. Jacob uh, from the Twilight series. Yeah. 
<laughs> that one went over Bum's head. Yeah. Gone. Uh, I've seen all of them, too. So, no, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think the Seahawks uh, hire somebody this week. I, I have a hard time seeing it. I am going to board it just by virtue of it being the hype train that I introduced. I feel like someone has to do it. Even though I don't believe it with my soul, I'm going to will it into existence. I'm going to have it happen Thursday during our show so that we break it on air. Next type train into the station. Patrick Mahomes has asked questions at Super Bowl Media Day about whether he thinks he'll finish in line with Tom Brady for Super Bowl rings. He said, I'm not even going to go there yet. I, I'm, I'm taking it one year at a time. But it's hype train, which means we got to get bold with our predictions. Patrick Mahomes will finish his career with more Super Bowl rings than Tom Brady. So he needs seven of them things. He, he got need, two. You need to finish with eight, right? Oh, I got to finish yeah, with more, eight. Always, oh, it ain't, it ain't going down, man. It's He's so, already got two. It's, that's fine. If you don't Just get this one, more. it really ain't going down. We're like, he's already got two. I know. Six more. <laughs> Multiply that. When Tom Brady got five, I was like, oh, he's set. That's yeah. good. Yeah. You can retire now. Then he goes against two more. It's so hard to do, man. Now, I get that he's gotten a, um, a head start on this thing. He's having success early. Um, but who's his coach going to be? Andy Reid ain't going to be his coach his whole yeah, career. True. And I think you got to look at that. Travis Kelsey ain't going to be around the whole time, even though Tom Brady did a lot with a whole bunch of different receivers. I think it comes down to the head coach relationship, and uh, it's going to be hard to duplicate in Andy Reid. So because Reid ain't going to be there for the long haul, That's a good point. I'm going to say no. Nah. Patrick Mahomes will finish his career with more Super Bowl rings than Tom Brady. That means eight. Uh, Bump says, nah, I don't think I don't think so. I don't see that happening. Curtis, three boarding the Eight screen. sounds absurd. Doesn't it? Seven is absurd. Yeah, it's true. So seven is already ridiculous. I don't think anybody else has more than a four, he if has I'm more not mistaken. Than, than most organizations. Correct. That's why Patrick Mahomes finishing with eight. That just seems like out of the realm of possibility. So I am not going to board this train. I'd love to see him threaten Brady's record. I think it was funny in Patrick Mahomes' first season, uh, Troy Aikman was quoted as saying, like, well, he doesn't have as many rings as me. So, like, how how good can this guy be? Nice. He's one win away from tying you, Troy. Oh, <laughs> like, just God. Only, like four years later. Yeah, exactly. Before he's even 30 years old. Um, yeah, I'm not boarding this one either. I just, I think... I don't think we'll ever see anyone do it. That's not a hot take. I think it's something all three of us agree with. It's just the nature of the NFL is different. The nature of the way quarterbacks get paid is different. That you can build teams is different. Bump, you made a really good point about Belichick uh, being there and as well as, you know, Gronk and a few other guys for a huge chunk of Brady's career. Whereas Travis Kelsey is 34 years old and Andy Reid is on potentially the brink of retirement. That's not going to happen. That's a really good point. Yeah, I don't see it happening. Next type train into the station. Uh, do you want to go one more Mahomes or Mariners? Let's go Mariners. Mariners will have more than 88 wins in 2024. Yeah, they're going to have more than 88. Are you sure? I'm, I'm, I'm completely <laughs> bought in. I, I like the offseason that they've had. It wasn't as big of a, a splash that we wanted. But we didn't expect it neither. So what did they do? I think they um, exceeded expectations but didn't really make a lot of noise. But you look at the way that they've gone about their business, right? They secure the bullpen, okay? Mm -hmm. You get a starting pitcher. You, you, you cover third base. Second base is good to go. The outfield is good. You get some power. You get young. You get cheaper. I mean, everything they did makes sense. And uh, because of that, I think they closed the gap just a little bit. Everyone else in their division. And they're going to win more than 88. And they're going to get into the playoffs, too. Ooh, okay. In the playoffs. Okay. The Mariners okay. will have more than 88 wins in 2024. Bump not only boarded, he bought a ticket to the next train uh, where they wow. go to the playoffs. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, Curtis. Going to the offs, baby. Are you boarding? <laughs> Pre 
Bump's got that pre-board. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, all board. Clearance. I think the CI or I think the Mariners finish with ninety-one wins, a, uh, a a personal best under Jerry Depoto. Yeah, I think they're a better team right now than they were to finish off twenty twenty-four. Took a weird route to get there, that's yeah. for sure. Uh, but here we are, just a couple weeks out from the start of spring training. Yeah, I think they can beat eighty-eight wins. You get a full season of a lot of guys. Uh, Bryce Miller, I think, is going to take a step forward. Hopefully, Brian Wu can stay healthy the entire season. But, I mean, George Kirby, he's back. Luis yeah. Castillo's back. Logan Gilbert's back. No better top of the rotation in the American League. Yeah, Mariners get more than 88 wins. You know, health is important for any team in any league. Like, when you look at who makes it to the NBA Finals, the Super Bowl, uh, the World Series, whatever it is, one of those teams is going to have been, like, one of the healthier teams in their league. So it sounds stupid to say, but I do think that's going to be a theme of the Mariners season with this lineup, with this roster in particular, with the little wiggle room you've given yourself. How healthy can you stay? Like, it's 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 not a house of cards by any means, but by any means, but if you lose Julio for an extended period of time, how many other like huge power hitters do you have that can stay healthy and consistent? Man, and I, I think that's what we all hope and pray for is that these guys stay yeah. healthy because they're rolling the dice, man. And uh, I think that's what you do in athletics in general, right? Nothing's mm-hmm. guaranteed. You're projecting, you're hoping, but uh, there's a lot of hope going on with the health of this crew. Last hype train. I'll be really fast with this one. Patrick Mahomes currently answering questions from reporters at Media Row at the Super Bowl is asked about his dad bod. He said underneath this gut, underneath his dad bod, it's a six pack. This is why your final hype train is dad bods are back in 2024. First off, he ain't got a dad bod. No, he has a little tiny tummy. I don't think he has a dad bod. He has his body is better than the average man walking the earth right now. <laughs> Let's get that uh, <laughs> twisted. Uh, dad bods. Now, dad bods are always in style if you got the swag and personality to go with it. You I know? actually agree. I've seen I've seen when I went. To, oh, my God. I'll never forget this. We went to um, the playoff game 2019 in Dallas. We played the Cowboys in Texas. I have never seen more dudes with dad bods with the most beautiful women in the world. No, I'm telling I'm you. I'm walking around downtown. I'm like, what is going on here? I, yeah. And their swag is on point. They're confident. I go, man, forget that. Now, men, we're the shallow ones. We're the ones, oh, she yes. she has to look like this and Unfair look like that. body standards. I've seen beautiful women with average looking men because they can make them laugh. I cannot stress this enough. The pressure on women to be perfect is so high. I have never heard ever, ever, ever one of my female friends say, oh, Annie's got abs. I'm telling you, I've never, ever once, never once. And the vast majority of my friends are women have heard one of them stress that like a guy has a perfect body and that was attractive to her. Never once. Now I've had shallow women that go, yeah, he's got a great job. He's got a lot of money. <laughs> right? So di- different it's things different. matter for it's men different. and women. But the majority of women I know love a dad bod. I'm saying. I'm telling you, focus on being a good person. Make her laugh. You know, make make so someone tell laugh. My son, I go, Be hey, confident. Hey, you make her laugh, dog. Yeah, you got He's it. Like, yeah, I'm like, there you go, you good. And for all those women out there, don't let the, don't don't feel that pressure about being perfect. You know what I mean? <laughs> Curtis, go. Dad Bods, 2024, the year of the Dad Bods. I mean, look at me. Of course it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> it never went away. We're bored. <laughs> oh God. Uh, all right, you guys, that will do it for I've trained. Let's get to four down territory. This is Four Down Territory. Going inside the game with former Seahawks and Coug wide receiver Michael Bumpus. Oh, God, I forgot about today's fourth down. Can't wait to get Love to it. it. First down media night at the Super Bowl was last night. Was there anything said that intrigued you? 
Um, one thing was said about somebody, um, Kyle Shanahan, people are saying that he was uh, schlammered is what me and the homies call it. Mm-hmm. Um, he don't look schlammered to me. He might have had a couple cocktails, but it's like, look, it's Super Bowl week, media night. He ain't playing in the game. He's taking it easy. They just arrived. Let him chill for a little bit. I let Shanahan be Shanahan. But um, I learned that Purdy does not mind the uh, the term Mr. Irrelevant. He shouldn't. He should embrace that. He should... Uh, his his agent should be working on deals for promoting that. It, it should be a part of who he is. I also learned that Christian McCaffrey has a brother who just played receiver for the first time this year in college and made all conference. Those genetics are real. I also heard Travis Kelsey say that uh, Taylor Swift is all in. And it's not just him saying that. It's the way he said it. You know, when you think about somebody you care about and you you, you gaze off into the the sky somewhere Mm -hmm. and and you just feel the passion and the love. I felt it. (laughs) I felt it with Kelsey. I believe you. And also, um, Brock Purdy does not know the QBs that were drafted ahead of him. I respect that. Because Ross St. Brown knew the 16 receivers that were drafted ahead of him. So Mike Robb asked him, like, do you remember those guys? And if you don't, I will remind you. Tony Pickett <laughs> from the Steel, or to the Steelers from Pitt. Desmond Ritter, Atlanta from Cincinnati. Malik Willis, Tennessee from Liberty. Matt Carell to the Panthers from Old Miss. Bailey Zappi, New England from Western Kentucky. Sam Howell uh, to D.C. from North Carolina. And you got Chris Aladokun for the Steelers from South Dakota. There's two... Uh, Two quarterbacks drafted him for one team. And then Skylar Thompson to Miami from Kansas State. Those are the guys drafted in front of you, Mr. Irrelevant, in case you didn't know. It's such a cool story, by the way. I just think that, like, it's hard because he's a 49er and we keep rooting for their failure and hoping that, uh, you know, it's just he's a product of the system around him. But when you say it like that, like, every time you tell me things about Brock Purdy, I like him more and I don't like, I resent you for that. I know. I resent myself. (laughs) Second down. the Chiefs win this game without relying on Patrick Mahomes? Run the rock. Okay, during the season, the Niners allowed 89 rush yards per game. That's third in the league. In the playoffs, they've allowed 159 rush yards per game. That is the second worst among eligible teams. Now, the first worst are the worst amongst teams that play more than one game. During the season, they allowed 4.3 yards per carry. During the playoffs, they're allowing 5.5 per carry. Last year, they allowed 3.4. There's a weakness here. And why is it a weakness against Kansas City? Because they're running the heck out of the rock. A game of 147 on the ground, 146, 189. That's 127 yards per game when it comes to rushing the football. It's set up perfectly. You don't have to lean on Pat Mahomes. But you know what you can do? You can lean on him when you need him. We showed that last game. They ran the football like crazy, but when plays needed to be made early in the second half or late in the second half, Pat Mahomes did exactly what he was supposed to do, and he made those plays. This is set up perfectly for this Chiefs team that had to change their identity. You're going up against one of the best defenses in the game that are struggling at something that you found. You found a way to get Pacheco going. It's crazy how we just forgot about Jared McKinnon. He used to be the guy yeah. getting things going on the ground. You pointed that out last year when it came to uh, to that situation. So, uh, yeah, man, run the football. You run that rock. You get those backers to bite up, which they will. Then Pat Mahomes will have a field day on the back end. Third down. What matchups will you be watching closely on Sunday? Lots of matchups, but today I'm going to focus on you got Sneed and McDuffie. These are two corners. McDuffie is the uh, like the nickel guy. He covers the slide. Sneed is the outside guy. Now, Sneed allowed his first touchdown of the year in these playoffs, but he'll follow the number one receiver. So what I did is I looked at some of the stellar receivers out there that he faced and looked at their numbers. Amon Ross St. Brown has 71 yards. DJ Moore, 41. Keenan Allen, 55. Tariq Hill, 88. A.J. Brown, 8. 
and Diggs 24. But here's the thing. Just because Snead follows the receiver around doesn't mean he's actually covering him, right? Uh, you can be in cover two, cover three, or whatnot. But initially, to line up, you will see Snead over the number one receiver. I assume that's going to be Brandon Ayuk. And then you have McDuffie in the slot over there. Um, whenever you have guys who can eliminate one side of the field, that's mm-hmm. awesome for you, right? But now I want to know how much man are you going to play against this team? There are going to be motions. They're going to be shifts. And that's what you're going to look for. If you see one receiver motion from one side of the field to the other side of the field and Snead is following him, you know that is men. So see how aggressive they are going to be. I think they should be aggressive with man because I think they can match up on that back end. Um, they've been uh, impressive on the back end. So uh, be aggressive on the line of scrimmage. See what Snead does. Check out McDuffie. I think that's going to be a good matchup when it comes to the slot receivers and outside guys versus these two ballers. Fourth down. Why should every NFL team be looking to hire you, Michael Bumpus, as wide receiver coach? You know, Stacey, um, you know, I don't like your tone. <laughs> It's fine. It's fine. But I, I don't appreciate or like your tone. But uh, this is why every NFL team should be hollering at your boy to be a receiver coach. Michael, you know receivers better than anyone. That's Was that you doing a voice That's alteration? Not me. That's not me. Okay. That's our guy, Chuck. I call him Chuck. <laughs> Charles uh, we, Davis. We interviewed Chuck uh, earlier in the show, and I uh, asked him about receivers, and mm-hmm. this is what he said. What did he say, Curtis? Michael, you know receivers better than anyone. Oh, my God. All right. I'm just saying. No, I don't pat myself on the back too often, Stacy. But when I do... I it's do all it day. twice. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, this is just nonstop. Just, I knew that when that happened. So earlier in the interview, I got a great question, which we have our <laughs> great, great question. You actually got two, honestly. I, yeah, and so I was, on, I was flying high. I was like, I dominated. I'm showing off. Uh, and then the second he said that, I knew it was over. Yeah. I knew we'd lost you. You know, it's um, I'm just happy uh, I'm being recognized for once. <laughs> Usually Stacy gets all the love, you know, all yeah. Stacy, all oh, about yeah. Stacy. You know, finally your boy gets some. That so wasn't, call at me. Yeah, that wasn't us editing any audio together. That was Charles Davis earlier in the show. Now, yeah. this bit of audio. I that- want UW to win the Apple Cup. Go dogs. What? <laughs> what? Wow. 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 Could you play that undoctored audio one more time? This is this a this is. I want UW to win the Apple Cup. Go dogs! Wow! 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 You know what, Curtis? I thought it was me and you against Stacy today. That wasn't me. That was that was you. That was you. Oh yeah, I I, those I I I set those words in that order. For sure. You know what? You were a hero among Cougs, and now you've fallen all the way to the bottom. You are Don't believe villain. them, Cougs. Wow. Don't believe them, That's Cougs. unbelievable. You know I can't believe Go we Cougs. found that undoctored, unedited <laughs> audio of Michael that, that Bumpus. Happened. That happened. I want that. UW to win the Apple Cup. Go dogs. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> how long have you held on to that? How long, no, you don't how even long know. did it take for you to, like- to doctor that up? You're listening to Bump and Stacey, uh, home of two great dog fans on Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. We uh, vote f- voted for our hype train that the Mariners would surpass 90 wins in 2024. But here's the three ways they actually get that done. That's coming up next. Bump and Stacey. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. On Seattle Sports. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacey Ross. Can I tell you guys something that I saw? I'm like a day late and a dollar short <laughs> with this quote, but I just saw it from uh, Media Row yesterday. 
completely spaced on a reporter asking Travis Kelsey, is there going to be another ring if you win the Super Bowl besides the Super Bowl ring? Implying, like, are you going to propose to Taylor Swift if you win? Mm -hmm. That's a really bold question to ask. Why would he tell you? He wants to surprise yeah. Can you imagine if he said, yeah, if we win, I'm proposing to Taylor Swift. And I would tell him, don't do it. You barely know her. You know what? See what she's like during the offseason. I think they're endgame. I don't know, man. I do. I think that this is too good of PR. They seem to get along. They're the same age. Like, I just, I think this is happening. I'm going to call it right now. I'm just, I'm saying, look. Now, here's the the process of a relationship, at least in the football world, right? My wife loves the heck out of me during, like, the the first few months of the offseason. Then she's like, don't you got somewhere to be? (laughs) Like, why, why are you here all the time now? And then I get in a football season, and then she misses me for the first few months. And then towards the end, why aren't you home all the time? So you got to go through those emotions first before you, you realize oh, or figure God. out if this is the one. The Mariners can surpass 90 wins in 2024. That was a prediction all three of us made in Hype Train to begin this hour. So let's talk about the three ways that that actually gets done. If you want to send in one of your answers, 866-979-3776. That's the Mac and Jack's text line. How do the Mariners actually surpass 90 wins in 2024? The first and most obvious that we both agreed on is, of course, health. So we're looking at Mitch Haniger as being a primary member of that group. Jason Churchill had this to say. If you told me right now Mitch Haniger played 130 games, and basically stayed off the IL in 2024, I'd say the Mariners might win 95 games because I'm not including that in my prediction of with them winning 88 to 91 games. I just think Mitch Haniger is kind of a half portion, kind of half a player in this equation. I just don't think you can count them. I think the Mariners learned that lesson a couple of years ago. Whether it's Polanco, whether it's Haniger, whether it's Garver, whether it's any of these guys, you have an opportunity for a lot of contact in this lineup. That's what Jason told us. However, you also have an opportunity for injury, in particular with Haniger. But, I mean, look, you look at the starting rotation. You had some injury regression there last year compared to 2021. I mean, health, health is always a concern. Any sport you play, it could be individual sport. Can you stay healthy? Team sport, how many of your guys are going to drop? A couple of years ago, you got extremely lucky with the health of the pitch and rotation. Nobody missed a start. And then you're hit with reality in 2023, and uh, you got to deal with that kind of stuff. So health is always going to be an issue. Um, I think that when it comes to Hanniger, can he stay healthy? Last year, it was a fluke accident. He breaks his forearm, got hit by a pitch. But I also look at who they have to possibly fill that void if he were to go down. Mm-hmm. And Canzone showed at times that he could be okay, right? I think all I'm asking for Mitch is, like, play a little more than half of the season and be healthy, and you should be okay. Cade Marlowe was okay. So, yes, you're banking on on Mitch staying healthy, but I think these young guys have shown that they can fill a void for yeah. a little bit. I wouldn't count on them every single day, but they can fill a void. But I think that's the easy one is health. Because if your arms are gone, you're done. If your power is gone, you're done. Um, Yeah. So health is... Health is across all sports, no matter what level you're playing at. Exactly. So if we're going to talk about how they surpass 90 wins, that is obviously our number one answer. Let's get to uh, two more Seattle-specific ones. Number two, your best player, Julio Rodriguez. Here's what Church had to say. And I think the wild card in this lineup is going to sound funny. I think the wild card in the Mariners lineup might be Julio Rodriguez. This is a guy with absolute 
MVP superstar ability at the plate. Ignore what he does on the bases. Ignore what he does in the field for a second. Because he's already a star when you include those things. At the plate, he has that kind of ability to where he can win MVP with his bat alone. We haven't quite seen that yet, but he's capable of doing that. He's 23 years old. It's year three. Maybe this is the year. And if he goes out and does that, puts up MVP offensive numbers, this is a completely different lineup. This team is not getting to a World Series, nor are they surpassing 90 wins without a good season from Julio. How far can they get with a great season? That's where things get fun. Julio's a centerpiece. Julio is everything. You build this team around Julio. That's why you lock him up as soon as you did, because you know in a few years he's going to be worth a lot more than that. So you lock him up. Like Um, Akon. I'm looking at I'm looking at his numbers uh, over the past couple of seasons, and if you look at average and on base percentage and slugging, OPS, WAR, that's all gone down a little bit, right? But he had more um, uh, more at bats, uh, more home runs, more RBIs. Um, yeah, he's gotten so. I say all this just to say, like, look, his numbers may have dropped in certain places, but his mm-hmm. presence was still the same. I agree. Um, he didn't have as many clutch moments as last time, uh, his first year, but it's because now the league is aware of him. He's not sneaking up on anybody. And now he understands this. And this has something to do with how he prepares mentally and physically during the offseason too, right? Every year you're you're collecting data, you're learning who you are, what you need to do to get better. Julio is this team. When you think of the Mariners, you think of Julio Rodriguez and nobody else. If he balls out, it, that I believe is going to be contagious and everyone else is going to jump on board if they can stay healthy. So if they stay healthy and Julio balls out, you got a chance to win. But we got one more category, don't we? We do have one more. And and never forget also when Julio, as you pointed out, went God mode in August, uh, slashing uh, 429, 474, 724, OPS over 1,000. I mean, it's like you saw the peak ceiling that, like, there's no way you keep that up up over a year. It's just not something that happens. But – you saw that team have its winningest month because of what he did. Mm-hmm. And yes, other people were doing things, yeah. but like that's the hold that he has on this team to your point. Exactly. When when uh when France was making his run, right, yeah. a couple of years ago having a great season, they were all right, mm-hmm. but it's always contingent on what Julio was doing. That's how good he is. Uh, get some of your – so we're going to have like one or two minutes at the end of this segment to look to the Mac and Jack's text line. Uh, so we're talking about the three ways the Mariners surpassed 90 wins in 2024. We've got health as number one, Julio as number two. Number three – again, I'm going to turn to the text line in case this isn't your answer – development of young arms. Yeah, and, and that's what they do. Mm-hmm. If there's anything that I am confident in – it's Julio's ability and the Mariners' ability to develop these young arms. Them making all the moves that they did this offseason, and you still got Miller, you still got Wu, beautiful, right? And then you add Santos to the deal. Mm-hmm. They got better when it comes to their arms. Now, Robbie Ray's gone, but he wouldn't be able to play ball until, like, summertime, yeah. right? So I'm looking at this situation. I go, even better. You you got better with your bats. You got better defensively because tail was a liability at times out there in the outfield. Um, you got better there. But you kept your young talent. You kept your arms, right? You still got a lot of familiar faces there. So, yes, they will develop. I think um, who who would you say was playing better, Curtis, towards the end of the season, Wu or Miller? Uh, maybe Wu at the end of the season. That's what I thought. Uh, Miller, Miller got beat up a couple times. Yeah, Miller did get lit up. I think Wu had a stretch. I think it was like three of his last four starts or something like that. He didn't allow a run, but – 
and I think Wu definitely represents a higher upside than Miller, but that's not to say that like Miller is a bad pitcher. Or anything. Well, and Miller's initial start was like, wow. Yeah, he had like I think double digit strikeouts. Yeah, like, what is this guy gonna do? I mean, yeah, again, in and, Oakland. Yeah, and to, <laughs> again, you know, to what to what Bump there. is saying, one thing the Mariners have been able to do so well is develop those young arms. And when you are not a powerhouse organization, you have to continue to do well the thing that you pride yourself on. So if you're not someone that can go out and buy talent when you can't develop it or, um, you know, trade for all the stars in the world, then you need to say, okay, well, what do we do well? Let's never mess that up. Mm -hmm. So, like, the Rays are amazing with scouting. Um, you know, whatever it is. The the uh, the Mariners have been great with drafting and developing arms. That's what you do well. Don't mess that up. You've got a pitcher's park. You're drafting and developing arms. You have not knocked it out of the park, no pun intended, when it comes to hitters and position players that you've drafted. So really lean into what you do well because you're going to have to make up some ground with the other stuff. Be good at what you're good at. Exactly. And that sounds so simple, but it's mm -hmm. also so true to this recipe for success. Where the Rangers got is buying stuff. Hmm? Rangers, buying, yeah, buying, buying things. Stuff. Yeah, the Rangers yeah. are do what I do, which is I just got it from Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a couple more suggestions from the Mac and Jack's text line. Uh, key to improvement. Bullpen, which yeah, I'll say I'll count that with arms. Yeah. Um, and then winning one to run. So winning close games. Yeah, that, that bullpen's got to be clutch. We felt the absence of Paul Seawald at the end of that year. So with, with Santos, with Munoz, and with Brash, man, I feel really good about that bullpen late in the game. All right, get your questions in for what I need to know. Wrapping up the show by answering your burning questions. 866-979-3776. That's next. Bumpin' Stacy, Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. On Seattle's Sports Station. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Ross. It's what I need to know. Brought to you by All Red Heating, Cooling, and Electric. Any question at the top of mind, text it in right now to the Mac and Jack's text line. It can be sports, non-sports, whatever. 866-979-3776. What I need to know. Should the Seahawks interview Eric Bieniemy for the OC position? Yes, they should. And um, here's the thing about Biennemi is that he will throw the heck out the rock. He will throw it. Um, but I think that in his situations with Kansas City, that's what he was told to do because of the weapons you have over there. And with Sam Howe over there with the commanders, no explanation for that. I don't know. Yeah. yeah but um, I feel like a good OC will be able to adapt. And if he can sit down with John Schneider and he can convince him that he is, and he, here's the thing, he's a running back. You know, It's not like he's just going to ignore running the rock in the position. But I think at this point of the season, if you are waiting for um, uh, a potential coach to lose or win or lose the Super Bowl, mm -hmm. um, you wait on them and you interview EC in the meantime, or EB, sorry. What I need to know, if you could trade places for one year with a celebrity or sports star, who would it be? A year's a long time. One year. Year. Let's just say trade places for a period of time. For one year, like next year. Yeah. Tiger Woods. Okay. Tiger Woods. Just play golf all day. Just to feel what it's like to strike a golf ball that purely. And then to travel and watch your son. Can my son be Charlie Woods? Sure. Like we we go we go and be Charlie Woods and Tiger. Okay. All right. And if we can do if I can take my son with me, Michael, yeah. Tiger I'm imagining like a Freaky Friday situation where Tiger Woods swaps places with you and he starts trying to walk into different places going, do you know who I am? <laughs> you better stay in Monroe, dog. <laughs> you better stay in Monroe. What I need to know. Who do you think will be the Mariners opening day starter? Does Kirby get it or the veteran Castillo? Castillo. I think it's Luis, yeah. Yeah. Castillo. 
It is a very different situation to be in, though. You remember not that long ago, the big conversation we were having uh, before Mariners opening day was, does Marco Gonzalez get it or an aging Felix? Like, that was the state oh, of yeah. pitching. Well, then That's there wild. was that one year where uh, it was Marco Gonzalez against Robbie Ray for the opening day start, and Robbie Ray was coming off of his Cy Young award-winning season. It was kind of like, well, sorry, Marco. Yeah. And, and Robbie got Robbie. lit up, too. It was the White Sox? Well, his first appearance, right? Like twins or something like twins. that? Twins, yeah, yeah. It was raining and stuff. Yeah, that was tough. What I need to know. Stacy, it's the annual 710 pool party, and you're playing sharks and minnows. You're the shark, of course. Uh, the rest of the staff are minnows. Which of them lasts the longest? Mm. Mm. Is it like... Are we standing in the pool? I think so. Okay. That changes the game. Yeah. Well, the most athletic oh. people are going to be Brock, Wyman, Bump. Can't Stelton. believe you put those two in front of me while you're naming them. Though. Does well, athleticism translate to <laughs> swimming ability? Well, no, because they've also got, they like, Brock's a big dude, and he's loud. So I think I could find <laughs> him. Uh, you know, Mora, same thing. She's very tall. Mm -hmm. I think I could get her. I think Salk's done. Uh, Minnows, do you have your eyes closed? Like, what's the deal? I've never played this game. Am I just chasing after people in a pool? Is that what's happening? Sounds, sounds like Marco Polo, what you're describing right now. I'll say bump. I think bump or... Lefko seems like he might be... Lefko's oh, really yeah. athletic and, like, really slender. How yeah. to play? Identify who will be the Sharks. Me. The shark stands in the middle of the play area and says, Fishy, fishy, come out and play. That's weird. The minnows slowly walk towards the shark. At any time, the shark can yell, Shark attack! At which point, the minnows must run to the opposite boundary line without being attacked or swim to the opposite boundary so line. So who's... So you're kind of, like, in the middle. It's like, uh, not monkey in the middle yeah. so much. It's a weird game, and yeah. I don't like that. Um, but I'm going to say bump and left go. Uh, okay, what I need to know. Um, let's see. If someone lost a bet to you and they have to take over one of your chores for a day, what would you assign them? Laundry. <laughs> no hesitation. Laundry. Driving to and from work every day. Ooh. Over an hour. Oof. Gosh. Spent a lot of time in my truck. Yeah. That's, yeah. Ugh. Uh, Picking up poop in the backyard, too. What I need to know, will the Seahawks hire a DC or will Frazier and McDonald be the two in charge of the defense? I think you have your DC between those two. That's what I That's what I assumed it was. I thought yeah. it was like Frazier, Leslie Frazier is de, like not de facto DC, but like DC on paper. Yeah. But really like an assistant head coach. They're kind of working together. Mm -hmm. And then McDonald is de facto DC. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it'd be crowded if you do another DC type in there. Yeah, it's too, it's too many. Too uh -huh. many cooks in the kitchen. Right. Would you rather have a personal driver, speaking of, mm -hmm. or personal chef? I'm going personal chef, and it's not close. I'm taking one for the squad and, and say chef so the wifey doesn't have to cook as much. Aww. Aww. That was nice of you, Bump. Yeah, that was very nice. <laughs> Curtis, are you going driver or chef? I've got a long commute like Bump. Having a personal driver, I mean, you can just sit in the back and just zone out. It'd be great. Uh... A personal chef wouldn't have to worry about cooking ever again. Well, and you can eat really nice food. You can, you if you wanted yeah. to, like mine's like, I'll be on a diet and eat healthy as long as I don't cook it. It's really, I'll go personal. Nothing chef. is appetizing <laughs> about making your own salad. 
for dinner. Curtis, could you imagine the drive-in with a personal driver? The prep that <laughs> oh, we can get man. done before you guys, we get The show here. would be done you before we get You guys would be so here. obnoxious. Do you know how many times per day the two of you would say, let me just text my driver and tell him, <laughs> <laughs> tell him to pick me up here. You'd be going to training camp like, yeah, um, I can have my driver uh, pull us up to the front. No problem. I don't need to take the, the bus. The shuttle. No yeah, shuttle. I don't need the shuttle. Oh, God. Uh, let's see what I need to know. If Seattle Sports Luminaries, that's a nice word, we're all at someone's house to watch the Super Bowl, what's everyone doing? Who's sitting on the couch? Who's Watching nibbling the, game, the appetizer bro. trays? Who's playing basketball on the hoop outside? And who's texting in the bathroom? I think everyone's just watching the game. Yeah, everyone's watching the game. Yeah, everyone's watching the game. We've had yeah. a few like watch parties in the past, and it just kind of is like, yeah, we're all here to watch it. We all got to like report on the game the following day. Like, Yeah. Right. We don't really get to go hog wild on Super Bowl Sunday. And, and I hate re-watching games or watching it for the first time after it's already happened. Like I, I'll re-watch a game after I've already seen it so I kind of know how things are happening. But I, I hate that uh, secondhand. I view. actually, I'm so glad you say that because the there are many things I don't understand. Uh, but one of them is people who record games, try to avoid spoilers, and then watch the game. Like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I cannot just watch it later. If I have to, it's easier to do. It's not like a true with, detective. It's when easier I'm to do with baseball in. though. Baseball is easier to rewatch. I can watch uh, rewatch a baseball game fairly quickly. <sighs> Football is different for some reason. Yeah, it's tough. It's really tough for me not to just want to know what happened. Also, you get ESPN alerts on your yeah. phone, so you're like, well, I already mm-hmm. know. But yeah, there's people, a, there are many people who record, watch it later. I was talking to this, or I was talking to Matt Nelson about this earlier off the air. There's a group of people out there that they challenge each other to go as long as possible without finding out the result of the Super Bowl. They would just lie, I think. Maybe. I don't. I don't even know if these people are sports fans, but they just try to go like months without ever finding out who won the Super Impossible. Bowl. Impossible. Impossible, impossible for us, but what? there's, there's people no outside way. of the sports world. There's no way. Well, well they live in a ranch somewhere in South Dakota <laughs> and have no contact with people. Yeah, I, I don't know how you could, especially with like a popular team. Like if, if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, we are constantly going to see Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey articles everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's going to constantly be like, what's next? Her Super Bowl winning boyfriend. And if the Niners win, I need to see uh, Kyle and Chris and Yuschek. More than please. Yeah. I love that. The Niners couple. So cute. All right, you guys, that will do it for us today. Don't go anywhere. Wyman and Bob coming up next. I want UW to win the Apple Cup. Go, dogs.